Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for May 8th, 2022, the fourth Sunday of Easter. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, this fine spring morning, how are you? Medium. I, <laughs> medium medium, or medium well? <laughs> I'll, I'll go with medium well. <laughs> I spilled not too hot coffee on myself while driving here. Oh, and fun. Um, so I, I was going to make some joke about like, is that, does that explain the hobo getup that you have on right now? (laughs) (laughs) Then I was like, "Uh, what if that's really what he meant to write today? (laughs) (laughs) And then I decided I didn't care and I mentioned it anyway. (laughs) Inquiring listeners want to know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Other than that, it's a fine day. It is. It's a beautiful day uh, uh, in the neighborhood, and it is uh, it is still Easter, uh, yeah. Easter four um, mm-hmm. that we are getting ready to celebrate here, and uh, which means that uh, um, the the uh, Pentecost is is we're we're getting there. We're getting there. We got yeah, a couple more weeks. Sunday, it's the first Sunday in June, so. All right, now time's going by already way too fast. I don't yeah. want to think about that, uh, that it'll be June by the time that that gets here. Um, but yeah, a couple more weeks, a few mm-hmm. more weeks, and um, and it'll be uh, it'll be tongues of fire and... and uh, Hot dogs. Uh, <laughs> We're having I'm, the outdoor I'm service that day here, with I don't see... <laughs> Yeah, my uh, my my uh, Bible dictionary does not indicate that there was ever a reference to hot dogs in. It, it was more likely marshmallows to cause that kind of flame. Gotcha, gotcha. Was that what was was it part of the uh, the, the the barbecue that was uh, done with the, the 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 pot of fire passing between? The... Sure. sure. <laughs> These birds were half. There were a couple of dogs uh, on the grill. We couldn't wait. Kids. <laughs> I'm talking to a prophet here. See, and this is this is the real shame about us uh, uh, collectively as humanity, as Christians, uh, cutting off uh, uh, um, from ever adding to the Bible again. It's not a it's not a it's not a continuing document anymore. uh, And we would we would definitely have a hot dog reference by now if we were if we would continue to just. We couldn't because it would not be kosher. Ah. Given enough time, uh, well, you we, can get... we wouldn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Given enough time, we get far enough away from that. That, uh, in all seriousness, there are delicious kosher dogs. That there there are, are beef. Oh, oh, yeah, there yeah. are. Yeah, um, but international, uh, but yeah, that, that uh, uh, and why, why is that though? To, to do a, a hard left tangent here, uh, why, why is that that we've decided that uh, no, 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 uh, the, the 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 Bible's all set, all oh. done, no more religious writing ever again shall be added to uh, to this collection. The the simplest answer is it had to stop somewhere, and by the time it was decided both within the Jewish tradition and in the Christian tradition, um, which anyway, um, what should be in the Bible, mm-hmm. um, people were already writing all sorts of commentaries, both formal and just in the form of letters. And so it was clear that if it was, <laughs> frankly, if it wasn't cut off right now, 
the Bible would be absolutely ginormous and probably pretty inaccurate. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I understand, like, not sitting there like, a, oh, let's add let's add the 12th gospel, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which makes sense. Because, I mean, especially those writings, you get far enough away from uh, people who had uh, either direct knowledge of it or uh, it, um, secondhand, um, secondhand yeah. knowledge. Um, you do you do get too far away from the story to, mm-hmm. to, to really do uh, but- much good there. But. I mean, what's what's the what's the youngest book of the Bible? When, like age wise, where did we uh, where did we do the cut? Probably the Book of Revelation, which was like one thirty, one forty, um, past one thirty, but I th- I think around one fifty. Okay, uh, and it barely made it in because folks were saying, "Yeah, this is getting a little yeah, crazy." Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, well, enough of us like it. <laughs> okay, right, right. Uh, but yeah, it was it it was, um, I was gonna say a difficult decision. That may be unfair. It was a complicated decision. Gotcha. Yeah. As to what will be in the Bible, what one, will be. One might out. even say controversial. Yes, there were because there was not there was not full consensus. I I don't I I got the feeling at the time, right like when it was brought up at least maybe full consensus by the end, um um but um certainly it was. Well, we you know we don't have minutes of the meeting. So. Sure, right. Which is why which is why uh, why we have such st- uh, studious note takers uh, these days. Yeah, we yeah. learned our lesson. Uh, but yeah, the um, folks, the the bishops and their assistants who were probably smarter, um, <laughs> who put together the Christian Bible, um, knew they were leaving out some pieces. That folks were really pushing for, mm-hmm. and and it took some pushing to get Book of Revelation in, um, and so yeah, it wasn't a well, we just do this and we go, yeah, we are, yeah, that's what we've always been doing. There was a uh, you can keep reading this in church, but just don't call it biblical, mm. um, and then frankly, what often happened was. Because the physical materials of writing were fairly expensive, mm-hmm. a lot of the um, scrolls that we will, we would call them books that didn't make it in were recycled mm-hmm. and written over to um, for whatever purpose. And so part of the archaeological work has been to use current technology to x-ray and infrared and all sorts of other scans these um old scrolls to see if one can find older texts Mm. that um are likely to be pieces of information that were discarded sometimes you only literally only get a shopping list Mm -hmm. but sometimes you might hit a little bit of um precious words like the um, gospel of Peter, mm. which we only have fragments of. Huh. The hidden gospel of Steve. Yes. <laughs> Biff. There I was. <laughs> Minding my own business. <laughs> Sorry, that stuff happened over there. Don't know what it was, but here's what it looked like at the end. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, uh, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. Uh, cut off needs to be made at some point in time. Although I, I would, you know, you one I could very well see could argue like 150 years later, you're getting pretty far removed. Yeah, that's uh that's third hand easy, uh, uh, if not more. Right. Um. So. Um, and and that's one reason we thought the time was right. Yeah. So, but uh, some real crazy stuff started up here. Yeah. It would, it it. it it, it it is easy to believe that there were accounts that were written down and like uh collectively the the scholars and the scribes and the priests could look at some of the uh writing and be like this this isn't even well written like I, <laughs> yeah i mean yeah it's got the story and uh but you know which is kind of, you know it's good but like Everything about it is just wrong. And then he goes on like a really, really racist rant. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. This is just, it's problematic. We got to. <laughs> well, actually, the, the, the what are now called the non-canonical gospel pieces that I've read, which I haven't read all of them, um, usually have pretty outlandish stories. My favorite being that when Jesus was... A small child. Mm-hmm. He was playing with a beautifully carved bird that his step parent, so to speak, Joseph had made. Okay. And it, this is a velveteen rabbit story. Oh, and he loved yeah. the toy so much that it became real and flew away. And so Jesus cried. <laughs> loved this toy so much, an, an inanimate object. It He breathed life into it. And then that animal who a moment ago had no life, looked at the son of God and said, peace. <laughs> Good story. <laughs> Good I think story. you can understand why I didn't make it in. <laughs> I like it. I like it. But a lot, a lot, that's the human nature part of these gospels that's interesting is a lot of it is, try, it, it fills in blanks that people have been wondering about. Yeah. You know, what was Jesus as a toddler. Right. Yeah. Tripped, fell, skinned his knee, and as he shed tears along the way, the, the flowers bloomed yeah. and, the, <laughs> and the birds sang and a temple rose up in the middle of a field. <laughs> um yeah, yeah. Uh th- there are some really fun stories there in the uh the, the non-canonical uh, yeah. uh writings. Uh, and it would be interesting to to, to uh, look at the snippets of uh, the Gospel of Peter. That's uh, for sure. Uh, There's very little left of that one, but you can you can um, pick up at a used bookstore or just look up online. Uh, th- th- usually, it has like the hidden gospels, right, or, right, right, right. You know what the church didn't want you to know and stuff like that, and read these things for yourself and what one yeah one can sensationalize it pretty easily yeah and most of the time the they aren't copywritten and so all sorts of different publishing houses have produced them have, have done yeah tabloid type titles so that people will <laughs> buy them too scandalous for the bible um yeah let's uh um well let's move on to uh from from our uh, um, uh, non canonical Bible talk to uh, mm-hmm. to uh, this day in church history, uh, so this day again May eighth in church history, uh, we start all the way back in uh, three hundred and three, uh, so one hundred and fifty years after the book of uh, Revelation, uh, torture and beheading. 
of Victor of Milan, a soldier in the Roman army, because he had revealed his Christian faith by destroying pagan altars. Ooh, is, yeah, right. Yeah, but kind of a cool, like a oh yeah, like no, nah. this is like the Jesus overturning the tables and the you know and like no, nah, I've had enough of this. <clears throat> but poor Victor of Milan is not the son of God, so. Uh, <laughs> Well, it didn't turn out so well for the Son of God either. That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, Jesus let it happen, though. So and, they... and part of the... <clears throat> one of the reasons that was such a horrendous offense is goes beyond religion in that usually such altars were paid for by very wealthy people. Oh, oh okay. So it was also... Um, dissing the authority. Yes, the upper crust of Roman society. Mm-hmm. How dare you, sir? I don't know why the Romans would ever sound like that, but that's they're, what they're, they're always paid, <laughs> played by British in movies. <laughs> All the hobnobby folks yes. are. <laughs> um, or so, supervillains. Right, yeah, or supervillains. Or, you know, really smart, educated people. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost everybody's played by British people now that I think about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> they can possibly get one. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, we move forward to 1154, the people of York go out to meet Archbishop William, who has just returned from Rome, as the throng follows him across the river Ouse, or Ouse, or that seems French, um, but people of York would be British, so I don't know, on an old wooden bridge, uh, they're, they're crossing that river and it collapses. Many people are pitched into the water, including women and small children. And William makes the sign of the cross and prays. And not one life was lost. Yay! Right? Uh, someone should have told Archbishop William that uh, it's more, it would, praying is, is very important, but it's more important to maybe go down by the riverside and help drag people out of the water. <laughs> oh, there's a sermon there. Oh, God bless you, my child. Good luck. <laughs> Get these robes wet. Are you nuts? Well, I'll... It clings to me like a napkin. <laughs> Ta-ta! <laughs> Everybody's played by British people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyways, I thought that was funny. Uh, 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 it can only be funny because nobody died. But, right. Uh, uh, I, I probably would have made you having that stand. I probably would have made the joke anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but I but but that was not the case, so don't hold it against me. Well, I would and I was gonna I was actually at the edge of my seat here wondering if he was gonna be martyred going in in his ah, heavy robes uh, and trying to rescue him. Yeah, the story doesn't really imply yeah. such sacrifice. Right. <laughs> um so, uh, 1373, 30-year-old Julian of Norwich falls ill, and uh, near death a few days later, she will receive 16 visions, which she will later publish as showings, uh, also known as the Revelations of Divine Love. Um, Julian of Norwich, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, 16 visions uh, when you're on your deathbed. And then she writes them down and gets them published. <laughs> Well, I mean, getting them published is not like she made the rounds of New York. Yes, yes, but still, that's still a. a I mean, uh, falling ill and being near death, like that's a to me, that's a Herculean effort to like a fever. Having a fever dream is one thing, you know. Comprehensively writing them down before I pass is like she got why? that. 
She got better before. Oh, did she? Yeah, yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on, reference material. How come you don't mention that? Yeah, she Near got... death. She receives visions. She got better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so she actually became um, quite a celebrity. Mm-hmm. And part of um, her lifestyle she took on was living the rest of her life in a fairly small room that had a a pass through to the um, church Mm -hmm. that this room was anchored to. And people would come and talk to her through the pass through for Mm -hmm. wisdom. Um, But her main activity was praying. And yeah. she could receive the Eucharist through the pastor too. Oh, cool! Yeah. Uh, so, is this basically the the um, like uh, early versions of uh, the near death experience? I went towards the light, and then you like re- recount the. Um, uh, from my because I haven't read these. Like, what are what yeah. are the visions? Like, what are from, from my? I it's been a while since I've read them. You know, I, as and and she was since she was in England. She's one of the earlier. Um, in a sense, Episcopal saints, mm-hmm. even though it was before the formation of Episcopal Church, or even technically the Church of England, it was Roman Catholic Church then, then and there. Um, but anyway, it's been a while since I've read them, and it's um, they read more like really good sermons than okay, uh, uh, any concern about whether the afterlife exists or not. Gotcha. So it wasn't like a out of body uh, experience de- uh, um, story yeah. of like I floated above. Right. I saw my 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 near lifeless uh, 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 form below me. Well, and that actually points out an interesting difference in quote, you know, quote unquote spiritual writings is back then when when one had a mystical experience, people focused on what was the non-human dimension of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas now we tend to focus on, this is what I felt. Mm. This is yeah. what I saw. Interesting. Uh, instead of trying to get beyond our, our own selves and into what the experience, how it was sourced. Interesting. Um, well, let's, uh, let's float, uh, float on uh, to 1526. Pope Clement VII addresses a brief to the Observantine Franciscans, empowering them to receive all Lutherans desiring to return to the Catholic Church without the severe penalties decreed by Pope Leo X and others. So undoing some of the damage. It looks like from the date, uh, some of the Spanish Inquisition uh, um, stuff, because it does... That had been unfolding. Okay, because it details the authority for the date uh, as a a book called History of the Inquisition of Spain. Oh, well, okay. So, I wonder if... I have to admit, I didn't realize there were a lot of Lutherans in Spain, but there were enough to be inquisitioning. (laughs) Ten. There were ten. (laughs) (laughs) And we're very sorry to (laughs) for all of their all ten of their sufferings. Uh, yeah, so yeah, uh, but, but a reconciliation of sorts, uh, yeah. uh, or at least the way this is worded, it implies like, oh, if they so desire, uh, mm-hmm. I, one wonders if there's a little bit more heavy handed nature to the brief, uh, <laughs> you yeah. may welcome them. They will die if they do not come to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not responsible right? for how you may interpret this. Oh goodness. Um, 
so uh, 1543, counter-reformer Peter Canasius is admitted to, uh, into the Society of uh, Jesuits in Ma Mainz, Mainz, M-A-I-N-Z, Mainz, on his 22nd uh, birthday, uh, so accomplishing, well, more than I have and nearly double, uh, by living a blameless life, founding colleges, preparing a clear, well-organized catechism, and writing and speaking without bitterness and ridicule, he will restore the dignity of the Catholic Church to, the nor to Northern Europe, where the Protestant Reformation is ascendant. Like, huh. the language here, though, is like uh, yeah. very, like... Like keep your opinions uh, out out of the the description. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like restoring the dignity of the Catholic Church made me wonder. Like, first of all, I was like, really? And like, but second of all, uh, was what what had happened prior to that that was so uh, undignified, un undignified, and uh, that's the uh, Spanish Inquisition. Okay. Uh, uh, well, did and, it get much? Did it, I mean, well, okay. the, the counter—did get better, but the Counter Reformation was was the internal attempt by the Catholic Church to deal with the accusa accusations of Martin Luther and other folks that had been in the Roman Catholic Church, particularly if they had been part of the hierarchy, mm -hmm. and then made these accusations. So, the Roman Catholic Church did start to um, shift the sale of indulgences they didn't stop but shifted how that took place and um tried to make the monasteries and convents less commercialized yeah okay uh things like that and okay. so getting back to focusing on what is it we believe and that sort of thing was very helpful okay uh, 1899, Edward Thomas Demby is ordained a priest while in Texas and will serve churches in Tennessee, Missouri, and Florida. He will also become the second African-American bishop, a suffragan, or assistant bishop of the Episcopal Church in the United States. Yay! 1920, last one, uh, death of H.G.C. Moole. Moole? Moole. It's a lot of, uh, letters. Uh, <laughs> British New Testament scholar... Firmly evangelical, he had been associated with the Keswick movement. What is the Keswick movement? I am drawing a blank on the Keswick oh, okay. movement. Okay, I was gonna. I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask. I appreciate getting a shot before Google. Did. Uh, let's see here. What is the Keswick movement, and is it biblical? Well, right off the uh, heavily influenced by the teachings of John Wesley, uh, uh, John William Fletcher, and Adam Clark. Um, you gonna tell me anything about like what the okay uh teaches the the Christian life consists of two primary crises crises uh, uh justification and sanctification both of which oh. happen at different times in the life of the believer okay uh so that's a very internal uh theology uh, of uh, yes the individual has these but had huge implications <clears throat> implications <laughs> implications pontificate on that if you will I shall. <laughs> <laughs> that by saying those were two separate things it it essentially is sets the groundwork for various born again movements gotcha okay just okay so yes there's the oh sure you were baptized and so you're justified but have you really received the holy spirit and been sanctified gotcha 
After salvation, that's an oversimplification. After salvation, one must have another encounter with the Spirit. Ooh, I got it completely right. Otherwise, he or she will not progress into holiness or the deeper things of God. Yeah. So sometimes these were called holiness movements. So I mean, I suppose in a, in, in a way, uh, we don't fall into these categories, but no. we 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 too kind of have uh, uh, two important uh, experiences in our lives as a Episcopal Episcopalians. Generally speaking, you have your initial baptism, which is like that uh, that promise by. Uh, your caregivers and, uh, and and the members of the church to 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 look after you, and then you have a resolution of that for yourself uh, as you get older. Um, well, yeah, in the form of the confirmation service, yeah, right? So, so in a way, in a way, and in the- justification and sanctification, one could one could bend uh, the mind to uh, and apply the the folks of of what's the movement's name? Keswick. The Keswicks would never agree to that. Well, of course not. Sufficient. Well, of course not. But they're allowed to be wrong. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and actually, I mean, one, one, one naturally does not agree to, uh, uh, in most cases, someone else's interpretation of your own thought. I mean, that yeah. just happens all the time. Like, oh, I think this, and they're like, oh, I'm going to take that. Uh, and internalize it and, and and make it my own, and then the original person's like, "No, right? What? No, <laughs> that's not right at all. <laughs> that's not and, what I was doing there." <laughs> I guess we could come up with a new term, and anyone's welcome to let us know what how it should be said. But instead of mansplaining, episcopal splaining. <laughs> Ooh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that I, I would have to sit with that one as, yeah. a, as a as a marketer. I'd want to come up. Yeah, no one wants to hear you and I try to work this out over the next 40 minutes or so. Episcalizing. It it is what humans do. Part of good learning is internalizing. The problem is we don't uh, proof, so to speak, what we then spit out again. Right, 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 right. Yeah, we don't like to put labels on it. Like just... just Like right or wrong. (laughs) Accurate, inaccurate. On, <laughs> we're just gonna gloss over that. Uh, yeah. No, you're right. I, I mean that 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 really is. Uh, it's about the the the, the personal uh, journey as you move through uh, uh, that thought process too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we really yeah. do kind of celebrate that. So that's uh, uh, it's very hippie well, of us, which is just which to is give you like. a personal example. Um, one of the things I learned early on while I'm writing a sermon is to especially when I think, yeah, I think I got it now, is to go back and read the scriptures again. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I've really taken off and thought something was in that gospel passage, but actually occurs in a different gospel Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that would be a big boo-boo. <clears throat> Start over. Right. Yep, yep. Boy, it really does make me question whether or not what we do here is helpful for you. Uh <laughs> And with that, let's ruin your next sermon, shall we? This is why we don't do this the night before the sermon. Right, right, right. right. Our first reading is from the book of Acts, chapter 9, verse 36 through 43. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. At that time, she became ill and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in a room upstairs. 
Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, who heard that Peter was there, sent two men to him with the request, Please come to us without delay. So Peter got up and went with them, and when he arrived, he t they took him to the room upstairs. All the windows stood beside him. All the widows. Not windows. All the widows uh, stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter put all of them outside, and then knelt, he knelt down and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. Then she opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he showed her that she be alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Meanwhile, he stayed in Joppa for some time with a certain Simon, a tanner. Um, Joppa, where, where, where are we in the book of Acts? We kind of like move around a little bit uh, on the map. Where is Joppa? It's it's not terribly far from Jerusalem. Um, is it, it's it, northern, isn't it? Isn't it yeah. Northern? Okay. It, uh, but not terrible. Well, Israel even today is a very small territory. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so it's well, I shouldn't get. Well, I will guess. What the heck? Uh, you know, it's a couple days walk maybe from Jerusalem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, almost straight west of the Galilean area. Mm, okay, and it's near the Mediterranean Sea. Gotcha. Now I know this is not done for our benefit as modern readers. But what's the point of uh, writing her Greek name? I mean, it's it it modern readers like will be like, oh, that's almost insulting. Like <laughs> Tabitha, she she weaved beautiful linens, and people loved her. By the way, her name was Dorcas. <laughs> <laughs> that seemed unnecessary. <laughs> <clears throat> well, two reasons. Mm -hmm. Biggest is um, by. Luke, who's the author of the book of Acts, as well as the Gospel of Luke, mm -hmm. was well aware that he was writing for an international audience. Oh, okay. So he's mostly, using, like, Greek names to kind of, like, connect them yeah. a little bit and be yeah. like, hey, this person's potentially very much like you. Yep. Okay. And uh, Tabitha is the Aramaic version, and okay. so would have sounded extremely exotic to their ears. Uh, I mean, okay. nowadays probably, at least Americans are are more familiar or have known someone named Tabitha, and probably have not known anyone. Named I Dorcas. have not named, and I have not heard anyone named Dorcas unless it was maybe like a sing song bully name yeah. on you know growing up. So yeah, yeah, and you know when I was a kid and this passage came up, you know the acolytes would nudge each other and giggle, Dorcas. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it would have been, well, of course now I can't think of an equivalent today of, um, yeah. his name was Juan, which is in English, John. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and the, there's a good possibility that this story had already started to get told and if they were not Aramaic familiar, they probably would have used Dorcas, oh, not Tabitha. So this would be like the tie-in, like, just in case you've already heard this story, it's that one. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. <clears throat> um, this this uh, this image that is painted for us uh, here uh, of Peter going up to the room upstairs, um, 
all the widows like is, is, like is that like a, a a cultural normal thing for widows to surround a, a deceased person or is this is that we aren't sure indicative of her lifestyle did she like devote herself to widows or something it's actually probably a, uh, a shout out back to chapter six okay when the the non-christians were calling the and they didn't use the term christian were calling the christians hypocrites because mm. they had they were not caring for widows and orphans oh and so this is a yeah we we're taking care of the widows now gotcha they're, they're hanging or at the out. very least that tabitha was right and they're they're hanging out with us they're here for big events interesting though they're they aren't the the non-people you uh, perhaps rightly accused us of making them to be like everyone else does mm. uh, back in chapter six. Interesting. So, so potentially the, the author was, was setting Tabitha aside of like, here's this legitimate gripe back in chapter six. Yeah. Tabitha was, was not that way. Was right. not, you right. know, that, that was not a characteristic that, that you know, just cause she, uh, she's mentioned here and we've mentioned those problems or identified mm -hmm. them uh she was not uh she did not um, she was not party to that kind of correct I, okay interesting and again luke is one of well is the most feminist of the biblical writers okay yeah yeah uh, a lot more female characters uh, identified yeah. in, in in his writing and lifted up um yeah so this this uh this definitely would tie the reader, the, the reader's mind to a very similar Jesus story. And Elijah, too. And Oh, yeah, and Elijah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, um, clearly kind of the, the intent, right? Because this mm -hmm. is the book yes, of Acts. Yes. This is this is after Jesus has ascended. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's all fallen out on the human followers of yeah. Jesus to carry this stuff out. But uh, so, so is that intentional of trying uh, of the author trying to uh, make sure that authority is established? Uh, probably, uh, probably. Okay. But also to, um, frankly, to help give more um, push to the validity of the Jesus movement mm. as it was just getting started. Gotcha. Um, and I think for me, lastly, uh, verse 43, is it just me or is there some like, uh, 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 implication of like scandal, uh, to, yes. to the, to, to the line, uh, stayed for some time with a certain Simon, a tanner, <laughs> a tanner, um, uh, being a tanner was a non-kosher job. Oh, okay. Okay. And, and so it's. <laughs> Um, establishing that Simon has already started, Peter has already started to loosen his adherence to what we now call kosher um, gotcha. regulations. Mm -hmm. And the next thing that happens in the book of Acts is Peter helping with the conversion of a Roman centurion. Okay. And so one of one of the ongoing struggles in the book of Acts is do you have to be Jewish in order to become Christian? Mm. Since mm. all of since in the first three gospels especially all of the people coming to Jesus 
are Jewish. Right. And so in the early church, there was, yeah, okay. You know, if, if you're not Jewish, you got to become Jewish. So circumcision, all the right. other rituals are crucial. You have to keep um, all the ritual laws of only eating certain foods and things like mm-hmm. that. Acts overcomes that in some very dramatic fashions. And so this is the first time there's a, hey, wait a minute. Right. There's there's something shifting here. Yeah, I can, one can easily, well, I shouldn't say easily, because I don't think, I, I don't know as if we necessarily think of it this way. We, we, we think of um, biblical readings in, 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 in a very exact manner. Um, but if you think about it, the writings of the New Testament came out years later, years. So there's this period of time where um, there is no gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And there are still these teachings of Jesus that are known. And I can easily imagine that there are, you know, that this argument formulates very naturally of like, yeah, of course you got to be Jewish. Yeah. He was Jewish. We're Jewish. All these things are really important. All these traditions, all these Jewish laws. And it isn't until later as gospel writings come out for these people who lived during this time. And you just said, oh, the, you know, the gospel of uh, Mark came out. Let's read. And then there's all this, uh, th- this stuff in there here about Jesus basically saying like, y'all are focused on the wrong stuff. These <laughs> things don't matter. Uh, which really does feed into yeah. like this kind of narrative that continues in acts. I'm like, you guys like, you know, being quote unquote kosher, like that's you're, you're, you're blinding yourself to what you really should be doing. Right. So it would kind of then suddenly create this whole internal struggle of like, wait a minute, but for like the last 25 years. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah. And, um, this is the Jewish Jesus, right? Right. Like, did I pick up the right book or? Yeah. And there was. Wait a minute. Um, and even today. Well, especially. Wait, he said what to the priests? <laughs> Hold on a second. Yeah. And even today we have um, you know, huge fights with, between and within denominations and um, beyond uh, of what is essential. Right. What is foundational what is fundamental in terms of fundamentalists mm-hmm. and you know, over 2000 years it has waxed and waned in its intensity mm-hmm. but one of the things the book of acts says is there's very little that's absolutely essential yeah um water baptism um kind of zit and that yeah that was a uh, well, but you know, Jesus isn't here anymore. Don't we have to do things exactly as Jesus did? And it's like, no. Yeah, that which is which is a a through uh, line of the story of Jesus that I, I think gets lost a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, like, because we do we do like our uh, we like our checklists. We like yes. our rules to follow. Um, uh, and and to your point, uh, over two thousand years, uh, the the uh, pool of things that we can uh, disagree on that are d- to be essential has only gotten wider yeah. and deeper uh, as we've pontificated. Uh, and, well, and, and as life become different. Yeah. I mean, the, the classic thing is, are we allowed to drive cars? 
Jesus didn't drive a car. Right. And for some Christians, the answer is no. Uh, look, he rode it. He, he rode a donkey, which is at, at, at the very least, uh, you know, a Ford Pinto. <laughs> so, so clearly, yeah. Just don't rear-end your donkey. Get your donkey. <laughs> your donkey explodes. <laughs> that was the first car I ever drove. It was a, it was a was a Ford Pinto. Uh, uh, I'm surprised I'm still alive. Uh, anything else about uh, the Book of Acts? Um, I think we got from the beginning to the end yeah. of this past. We so. sure we sure did, and all the way around it, and yeah. way oh, far away from it. Because one thing I'll point out <laughs> is, um, you may people may have noticed from last week there was the conversion and beginning of Paul's work. Mm-hmm. Now there really is a, a shift of focus onto Peter, onto Peter within the Book of Acts. Gotcha. Because this follows very. This passage we have is very. It's right on the heels of the one we had last week. Okay. Okay. Well, our psalm for the day is a nice, quick, short one, a beautiful one. Psalm 23. Uh, Stop me if you've heard this one. (laughs) The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Um, so we, we as we've gotten into these psalm readings and we've gotten it a little bit into the historical context, it makes me wonder... This feels like uh, um, anointive. This this feels like uh, it it could potentially be a a kingly writing of like acceptance of the mantle that is put upon them. Um, am I imagining this? Almost. It's okay to say yes. <laughs> I no, imagine a lot of things as we read these. I'd say you're twenty five percent right. Oh, that's more than normal. <laughs> The image of shepherd uh-huh. was often claimed by kings. Okay, that you know, I'm I am the shepherd over Fishers, Indiana, mm-hmm. and you people are my sheep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes mm-hmm. said with a condesc- condescending way. Okay, um, so there, there's that royal call out, as the kids might say, mm-hmm. um, but there is not evidence that was used in royal processions and things like that okay. like some of the other psalms that we see i was at. less focused on the shepherd part and i was more focused on um um walking through the darkest valley i will fear nothing uh you comfort me you've prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies like that like all this feels like very mm-hmm. grand and and well and the, what is going upper on upper crusts <laughs> yeah and what's going on here is the writer taking the the metaphor of shepherd mm. which people was oh okay so i'm not a king and turning it upside down okay so, because certainly part of the the king's role that a beloved king's role anyway is to protect the people rod and staff yeah right, right. um but What's different here is that 
the it's a it's the first person voice mm. and so it's not like many of the psalms read the king shall may the king always protect the people may the king. right but instead it's the lord is my shepherd mm-hmm. and that is singular okay yeah um, it's not our shepherd uh, and it's a way, a way of um, really spelling out where one's allegiance needs to lie. Mm. That yeah, you may have a great king, but don't let that king become a god to you. Mm-hmm. Which that king would probably love to have happen. Um, Who wouldn't? Yeah, <laughs> but instead, it's about having your primary allegiance to the one true God. Mm. Uh, so if, if it's not a kingly passage, do we have any historical context for this writing? Oh, not, not strong as in 363 AD or something. Sure, 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 sure. BC, we have e. very few Psalms that yeah. do have such things. There are a couple things that are clues of context. One is the Valley of the Shadow of Death mm-hmm. was a place that was outside of Jerusalem. And it was a dump. Mm. Um, Not as in like, oh, bad architecture. But it it was where um, people could take their garbage Mm -hmm. and where the temple would take what was left of sacrifices. Oh. And so it was a smelly, icky place. Um, So if you found yourself there, it was extremely scary. Mm. And... Not surprisingly, if you encountered another person there, they were probably there for no good reason, for no um, fine purpose. Right. No reputable reason. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was a place of thieves, but it was also one of the ways to enter Jerusalem. Mm. Uh, it had a major road because so many people were using it to dump their trash. Right. Um, so it was a good, good um well-known location to use as a metaphor hmm. um, that I, I think is it's hard to come up with one now at least for me because we as a as a culture you know, trash is supposed to be hidden right and so we you know, we can't say oh as i take the shortcut through the waste management facility <laughs> right 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 um just not the same ring to no. it Huh. Okay. So so um, so that gives us some context as to, but that 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 was place was in existence for oh, centuries. Oh, yeah, centuries. long time. Yeah. Uh, do we have any other uh, uh, hidden identity uh, uh, things going on here as to the author or um, the context? An- long another long term um, cultural feature is um, the use of oil and grooming. Mm-hmm. And then um, dwelling in the house of the Lord implies, I think, pretty clearly, that was while the temple existed. So that makes sense. Yeah, you know, there are only certain sense. beginnings and endpoints for that. Since it kept getting destroyed, the front end of the temple, not the back end. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's where I need the rod and staff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we ha- It's interesting that this. 23rd Psalm is very metaphorical and like really good poetry mm. keeps giving us touchstones of real life. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, 
And and there were people who, uh, sort of like going back to um, Julian of Norwich, who would spend as much of their life as they could in the temple. Right. In Jerusalem. It was a huge structure, um, lots of space. But there were people like um, Simeon, who is a character, is a person in uh, the Gospel of Luke. Oh, shoot. And I'm forgetting the female counterpart in the Gospel of Luke, who greet the Holy Family when they bring Jesus to be circumcised. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and both of them were described as people who spent their days in the temple um, praying and uh, communing with God. Hmm. So, I mean, what what about this psalm uh, has made it so near and dear to us as, as, uh, as, as culture. I mean, there's, there's lots of Psalms. There's lots of, uh, mm-hmm. the, there's a fair number of them that are relatively short and quotable. Yeah. Uh, but this one does stand above many or most others, uh, Definitely. in our mind. And, and do we have a, like a reason that was it ever just like, uh, Oh, this beloved character, like 600 years later, this was their favorite or, you know, something uh, like that. Or it did not have an influencer behind it. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, cause I was just kind of curious cause you yeah. know, we've read lots of these Psalms. Some of them are quite, quite beautiful. And, Far less, for whatever reason, noteworthy. Like, like, oh, this psalm. This is oddly beautiful. How come we never read this? <laughs> yeah. But once a year or once every three years. Well, two reasons. One is it, it is a beautiful poem mm-hmm. for him. Um, you know, the, the, the lyrics are striking. They're easy to relate to, um, even though they do have, for me anyway, have a deeper richness, um, putting them in the... The his in the midst of the historic features, um, it even without those. Oh yeah, the shadow of death, the valley of the of death is the dump. Um, people can still say, oh yeah, you know those those places where you feel like you're in the midst of death, mm-hmm. um, that sort of thing. <clears throat> but also, for one of the reasons is also that Jesus identified himself in the Gospel of John. As the Good Shepherd, mm. which will be the gospel we talk about next. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so as Christians looked through the Hebrew scriptures to find Hebrew scriptures that easily applied to Jesus, this was one of the one, ones was that one was of them. Yeah. easy to share with Christians and say, here's a, literally say, here's a good one to memorize so that when you're in stressful times think of jesus how jesus is with you and this will help get you through Mm. Mm. and and um some people not not nearly not nearly as many as used to could look at verse five you prepare a table before me um not thinking about in the presence of mine enemies exactly as the eucharist oh okay so hmm. it would tie in with their weekly or sure. people daily devotional practices. And then your cup overflows. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the uh, gospel reading today. Yes. Gospel comes from uh, the book of John, chapter 10, verse 22 through 30. 
At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me. But you do not believe, because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. Um, these people are his sheep. <laughs> <laughs> Why does he disown them in such a such such a such a way? Uh, what? what? Well, that's how he in, in the Gospel of John. That's how he rolls. <laughs> got it. Got it. And and part of it also is in the first three Gospels, mm-hmm. Jesus Jesus's life is recorded for one year. Mm-hmm. In the Gospel of John, it's three years. So the the conversations are much longer lasting. Mm-hmm. The the controversies have time to develop nuances, and when Jesus says something in chapter ten, he he has eleven more chapters to point out the nuances. Okay. Um, so that so yeah in in John in the Gospel of John. Um, Jesus tends to be a little harsher, mm-hmm. but there's also some pushback by different people, like the woman at the well, that um, reveal perhaps more accurately than the Synoptic Gospels the kind of rabbinical teaching style that Jesus used of challenge and the pupils not sitting there taking notes, but challenging back. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very lively con conversation is the rabbinical teaching style i mean part of me does have to admit what's what's my man doing here uh because the the i i the 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 people around him say hey tell us plainly and then he takes six verses (laughs) i mean don't get me wrong it is pretty. It, it's pretty plain. It's summed up there uh, pretty plainly there in verse thirty. But I mean, you 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 never felt once compelled to just be like, yes. <laughs> Tell us plainly. Are you the Messiah? Uh huh. <laughs> well, part- <laughs> and there was much rejoicing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like well, uh, that's subtle. <laughs> Let's go buy Christmas trees. <laughs> right, right. But instead we get this, you know, in this book, uh, this book from John, we get this, um, you know, much larger, uh, one could argue, uh, like deeper explanation to their question. Yeah. Um, with a little bit of scolding uh, sprinkled in there. But like, you know, the, the you know, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. Uh, I give them eternal life. They'll never perish. And then there's this direct correlation of like, no one will snatch them from my hand. So too is it with my father. The father and I are one. 
Okay, okay, okay. I mean, just uh, one can imagine like the the people following him on the, along the run are like, I didn't go to rabbinical school. Could you just like? I'm not that smart, Jesus. <laughs> I pound metal for a living. <laughs> I still smell like fish. <laughs> I'm partially deaf. Could you just like nod or shake side to side? Well, I, <clears throat> what are my what are these voices I'm doing today? Uh, all, 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 my, all my people sound like versions of Gomer Pyle. Um, <laughs> oh, I was thinking we were doing the Muppets. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I could do. <laughs> but anyway, in. John has a fascinating structure to it where Jesus does a miracle mm -hmm. and then there are pages and pages of people misunderstanding the miracle. Yeah, or, including his own disciples. Including his own disciples. Yeah. Or completely ignoring it. So this follows his healing of the man born blind. Mm, okay. And so it's like, where's the proof? Um, that guy there who's right. now reading a scroll... Right. Who was blind and uneducated. and No, that's not good enough. Right, right, <laughs> like, right. Well, <laughs> yes, yes, it is good enough. So that a big theme of the Gospel of John is the decision about whether Jesus is a Messiah or not is very um, in one's heart, very much in one's heart, mm. rather than in an intellectual discussion. I got you. Okay. Uh, and, and so that's one reason why probably the gospel of John is one of the most uh, misquoted mm. gospels because it really does take multiple pages to get all the context of what Jesus is talking about. And you pull out one verse and it's like, no, that's right. not enough. Yep. <laughs> There's a lot more that is before and after that's feeds into what this means. Yeah. You're not wrong. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the, we would never do that. I mean, we would never pull out a, a, a verse and, and wave it around and be like, I got it. Um, <laughs> the meaning of life. Um, but yeah, you're, you're also not wrong in that they, they constantly, it, it's like the, the, the imagery of scales over their eyes. Yeah. Like they just get like, how are you not getting this? One get, one could easily imagine that the end of this uh, gospel reading, you know, the people ask, are you the Messiah? Tell us plainly this, you know, you know, uh, larger explanation than they, they necessarily asked for. But like, a, you know, the father. Yeah, this is true. And this is what I do. And this is what the father does. And it's the same. And the father and I are one. And then there's like three beats and the people go. So is that a yes? <laughs> no. Well, and as as we often talked about in the podcast. One of the, the huge challenges facing Jesus was shifting unsuccessfully the expectation of what Messiah was. Right. And yeah. So that's part of what this discourse, as it's often called, um, is about is you're asking if I'm the Messiah. Well, here is who I am. Is that Messiah to you? Right. It's up to you. Right. And and yeah, you're right. We've talked about it a, a lot before on the podcast podcast about how they were looking for uh um kind of being reestablished as an independent entity uh, it, perhaps yeah. a king to take a throne to lead an army to drive out the romans mm -hmm. uh and so when you ask this question it depends on what's in your head before the answer uh, reaches your your ears uh so if you're if that's in your head and then jesus starts talking about shepherding yeah 
okay, but I don't. What are you gonna like? Tend the Romans out of our, you know, out of ocu- occupying us. Like, what's the? the <laughs> give us, yeah, we'll take crozers, but give us gunpowder too. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't. Yeah, how does that help me? <laughs> right. How does this get me what I want? Yeah, and, right. And what's interesting? What'll be interesting to see as as time passes is, I'm I'm thinking in our current. Um, social media chaotic fighting over mm-hmm. various issues. Often people will jump on one term mm-hmm. and say, "Oh, well, this person is a blah 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 up because they said blah blah They said this, yeah. And so I have a feeling passages like this will make more sense to us mm. than they might have to um, Renaissance Christians, where they're the arguments. Uh, seldom went as quickly um, violent mm. as ours do now. Mm-hmm. The Protestant Reformation time and stuff start bringing each other at the stake and Inquisitions. Yeah, they get they probably got this. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but if to to put it in the first person for me. I when I often will lead with I'm an Episcopalian rather than I'm a Christian mm. because particularly here in Indiana if I say I'm a Christian for a lot of people that brings up all sorts of stuff that I certainly don't believe in or support. Yeah, the term Christian itself is loaded. Yeah, in the same way in the time of Jesus, term Messiah was loaded. Gotcha. And so Jesus was not going to deal with that term, mm-hmm. but instead. Um, teach about who he was and let people label it as they would. Mm. There's also the dynamic that as soon as he says he's Messiah, the Romans will kill him. And he's special, you know, he's only a third of the way through his gospel here. Right, right, John. right. There's still a lot more work for him to do. Right. So even if he had some inclination to, you know, God, can I just see it once? Say it once, right? Um, that would end the show. Yeah, and he saw a lot more to reveal. Jesus, tell me if you're the Messiah. Exne on the yeah. Messiah man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> don't tell anybody. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> Who was that? Oh, hello, Mister Centurion. <laughs> we were just talking about stuff. Yeah, <laughs> shepherding and. How do you think the Messiahs are going to do in snatching the this things year? from people's hands? We're we're good. We're good. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I think with that we will call to a close. Uh, the Centurion is poking me in the in my back. We're over time. Uh, we'll call to a close. This your podcast for May eighth, twenty twenty two. Lots of uh, things going on at the church. Please visit uh, www.holyfamilyfishers.org uh, to see all the deets on the things coming up uh and uh or if you want more information <laughs> or more information yeah uh, that would be also helpful um please uh feel free to join us uh this coming week eight and ten o'clock a.m sunday morning in person 10 o'clock service will be broadcast live and is available on hfec videos uh that's our channel on youtube uh and until next week i'm ben and i'm bruce and we'll talk to you then bye bye bye